My friends, it's good to be together on this Christmas Eve night. Thanks for making space to join the online Pillar community in your celebrating. My name is John. I'm one of the pastors at Pillar. If you're just checking out faith or wondering about church, it's a gift to be together in this way. As we gather around that moment in this big, wild, crazy world, that moment, the virgin mother, young, so young, about to enter the stage of God's redemption drama, her fiance, a good man, trusting his beloved amidst some crazy circumstances with the help of a wild dream, and then the infant, Jesus himself. Before the shepherds showed up, before the wise men followed that star, it was just the three of them. It was just that moment. Mary and Joseph and the child, the world swirling, it was just the three of them, Mary and Joseph and that child. People all over the world have captured that moment in what we call nativity scenes. I'm gonna let you look at a few from around the world while I keep talking. Luke is the only gospel writer to include any details about the actual birth of Jesus. The others maybe imply it or assume it and even announce its prediction, but Luke is the only one who takes the time to mention Mary and Joseph and the child and the manger and the swaddling clothes. Mark's gospel skips it entirely, so eager to talk about the kingdom being at hand, and John's gospel goes a little mystical. The word became flesh but never mentions the infant baby. Matthew's gospel gives Joseph a dream and anticipates the birth but never actually gathers around the manger. It's only Luke. There must be something Luke wants us to notice amidst the details of that night. I want you to listen to the the story that Luke tells. We'll come back to the moment in just a second. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration, and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. Each went to their own town to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended of the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came her to deliver. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. And she wrapped him in bands of cloth and she laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Just then an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. The angel said, do not be afraid for see, I'm bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a babe wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in the manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace among those whom he favors. Then the angels departed from them 
and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem to see this great sight to what has been made known to us. So they went with haste and they found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. And they told all who were there the things that had been made known to them about the child and all who heard it were amazed. But Mary treasured these words and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard as it had been told them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It's Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. If you wanted to open it tomorrow morning around your Christmas trees, the big, huge drama of the world swirling, if that might sound familiar. Emperor Augustus with his decrees and his underling Quirinius carrying out his bidding. The big, huge drama of the world wreaking havoc on their little lives. They had to go to Bethlehem. Cosmic interruptions breaking into their days. The angel shows up and says, good news. And then all of a sudden there's a host of the heavenly saying, peace, on earth, and a gaggle of shepherds, a, their curiosity prompting the first ever testimony of the infant one. Let us go now to Bethlehem. They all agreed. The big, huge drama of the world swirling in chaos, the cosmic interruptions, gives way on that midnight to Mary and Joseph and the infant child, just the three of them, Mary and Joseph and the infant child. This is the way Luke puts it. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in bands of cloth, and she laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her firstborn. That's the gospel writer's way of hinting, this one is unique, this one's like no other, this one's one of a kind, this one is the firstborn. Mary's firstborn is God's only begotten one. Mary's firstborn is God's commitment finally to save. Mary's firstborn is God's demonstration, he will make all things new. Mary's firstborn is God fulfilling what he had promised from the beginning. Salvation and redemption, while they were there, the time came for her to deliver her firstborn. Uh, regularly, I, I take a walk around town, I call it the fall tour, I do it all year, but I still call it the fall tour. More recently, I've been walking with a friend of mine, we take the walk, uh, down 8th Street, over on Maple, up 10th, through Centennial Park, and around Hope's campus, and back to church. Then we head into the building, and we pray together, pray set prayers from the history of the church, and we have conversations together about leadership. Uh, most recently, we had read together the book by Henry Nouwen titled, In the Name of Jesus. My friend pointed out these words, the task of future Christian leaders, and I'm pretty sure now and would be fine with me saying the task of future Christians, is not to make a little contribution 
to the solution of the pains and tribulations of their time, but to identify and announce the ways in which Jesus is leading. Not, not to make the world a little less bad, but rather to announce the way of Jesus leading, not to, make, not to offer a little contribution to the solutions of the world's problems, but rather to announce the way of Jesus. Mary's firstborn is God's way of announcing a new way. Mary's firstborn is God's way of finally making good on the promise he announced back in the garden at the beginning when he said to the serpent, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between her offspring and yours. He will strike your head. You'll nip at his heels. Mary's firstborn is God's way. Since I'm having fun, how about this? From John Chrysostom, a sermon he preached on Christmas morning. This day, the ancient slavery is ended. The devil confounded, the demons take to flight, the power of death is broken, paradise is unlocked, the curse is taken away, sin is removed from us, error driven out, truth has been brought back, the speech of kindliness diffused and spreads on every side. A heavenly way of life has been implanted on the earth. Angels communicate with humans without fear, and humans now hold speech with angels. Mary's firstborn is God's way of shutting the door on hell and opening the gates of eternity's heaven. Mary's firstborn is God's way of dealing with sin's victories and evil's triumphs. Mary's firstborn is God's way of saying to the evil one, go back to where you belong. Mary's firstborn, while they were there, the time came for her to give birth to her child. Her firstborn son is the only begotten one. I'm gonna wake up Christmas morning pretty tired, waking up earlier than I'd like because I stayed up later than I'd like. Every Christmas Eve night, they're always showing Die Hard and I cannot look away. I'll, I'll knead the dough of the family cinnamon rolls I make every year. I'll stuff the stockings and I'll wrap the presents and I'll wake up in the morning glassy-eyed with our four girls and Kristen too and we'll launch into the goodness of the day presents and the wrapping paper and the Christmas tree, the wrapping paper that can't be recycled for some reason, and the eggnog and the orange juice and all the other stuff we'll enjoy, and all of it only because while they were there, the time came for Mary to deliver her firstborn. Her firstborn is God's final statement. Salvation is on the way. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child and she gave birth to her firstborn son and the scene goes on. And she wrapped him in bands of cloth. What a scene, what a sight. God swaddled, God wrapped, God held in the virgin's arms. Babies have been wrapped in swaddling clothes throughout time and in every place. Vulnerable, tender, weak, dependent. She wrapped him in bands of cloth. God was so willing to go the way of vulnerability and, the hum and humility. He was wrapped in bands of cloth Another would clothe him on that first day. And there would be other days when another would clothe him too. They stripped him of his robes. And they placed a scarlet robe on him. 
There would be another day, again, when someone else would clothe him. They took Jesus' body and they wrapped him with the spices and the linen cloths. There would be another day when his body would be wrapped. But on this day, it's the proud mother, though she was exhausted. On this day, it's the Virgin Mary who wraps her child in swaddling clothes, in bands of cloth, wrapped in tenderness, wrapped in goodness, wrapped in love. God vulnerable, God weak, God tender. It's the way of the gospel. I got an email from a friend of mine this week with a quote from Athanasius, a fourth century pastor. The Lord did not come to make a display. For one who wanted to make a display, the thing would have been just to appear and dazzle the beholders. But for him who came to heal and to teach the way was not merely to dwell here, but to put himself at the disposal of those who needed him. To put himself at the disposal of those who needed him. God, tender, God, vulnerable, God, weaker. How about this from Dietrich Bonhoeffer in a book titled God is in the Manger. Who among us will celebrate Christmas correctly? Whoever finally lays down all power, all honor, all reputation, all vanity, all arrogance, all individualism beside the manger. Whoever remains lowly and lets God alone be high. Whoever looks at the child in the manger and sees the glory of God precisely in his lowliness. God weak, God dependent, God vulnerable. She wrapped him in bands of cloth. People have been wrapping their infant ones in bands of cloth throughout time and in every place. Why do we scratch and claw for power? The big, swirling, chaotic drama of the world, God goes vulnerable. Why do we scratch and claw for power? One of the great joys in the pillar community, at least for me personally, over the last year has been the birth of so many babies. We're like baptizing a child nearly every Sunday. It is such a gift. I asked some of the parents if they'd be willing to send me pictures of their little ones wrapped in blankets. I didn't catch all of them, but I caught a bunch of them. I think you'll enjoy this. So precious, so tender, so dependent, so needy, so vulnerable, God swaddled, God wrapped. Mary wrapped him in bands of cloth. Why do we scratch and claw for power while God announces another way, a better way, the Jesus way? While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in bands of cloth, and the story goes on, and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. She laid him in a manger. Luke is the only one to mention the manger. John goes mystical, Mark skips right over it, Matthew never mentions it, but, but Luke, she laid him in a manger, and not once, but three times Luke brings up the manger. Here, of course, she laid him in a manger, and then the angel announces, this will be a sign for you, you'll find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger, and then on the shepherd's trip, they find the child Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. Three times Luke mentions the manger, which is the Bible's way of saying, whoa, over here, don't skimp on the manger. 
not just a cute, unnecessary detail in a much larger story of God's unfolding salvation, but an important detail for us to pay attention to. She laid him in a manger. The manger was a feed trough dotting ancient Israel shepherd fields in caves. Shepherds would fill the manger with feed so that as they journeyed with their flocks, whatever it was they were leading, lambs and other things, I suppose, they knew if they found the caves, they'd have the mangers, which were always full of food. If you could find the manger, you'd have all you needed. She laid him in the manger. If you can find the manger, you'll have all you need. God goes the way of the manger to give us all we need. She laid him in the manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Who knows why there was no place for them in the inn? Maybe they didn't have the resources to pay for a room. Or maybe because they weren't from around there, they didn't have the right relationships and connections to make it happen. Or maybe whatever else. Maybe the world was just buzzing and swirling and there, just, there was just no room. So she lays him in the manger. He goes to the place of no place so that we might have a place. He goes to the place of no place so that we might have all we need. He goes to the place of no place so that we'd always know where home is. She laid him in a manger. I get these emails every day, nearly every day, from the New York Times. I don't know how I got on this list, but they keep sending me emails. It's, like it's called like a news briefing. You have to scroll way far down to get anything even hinting at resembling good news which is usually just a recipe that you should try for that day. This most recent uh, article sent to me was titled, What 1,320 Therapists Are Hearing from Their Patients. Here's some of the words. Anxious, overwhelmed, burned out, stressed, depressed, lonely, isolated, stuck, empty, uncertain, done. The, the article was really only trying to report, not really trying to offer much help. And I have to say, I've, you know, in my little meandering way around town and in life, I, I, I've, I've come across the same words on people's faces, the same words in people's hearts, in neighborhoods and grocery stores and downtown shops. I've, I've found it to be so anxious, depressed, stuck and even in some cases, done. Which is why on this Christmas Eve day, I am so eager to point you to the manger. If you can find the manger, you'll have all you need. He went the way of no place to provide for us all we need. He went the way of no place to give us a space. He went the way of no place so that we would never have to wonder where home is. He goes to the place of no place, stuck, anxious, lonely. He takes on everything that we are so that we might become like he is. She laid him in a manger. So come to the table, friends. Come to the table and find all you need. He's the one who says, come to me and I'll give you rest. He's the one who says, come to me and you'll never be hungry. He's the one who says, I'm gonna make everything new. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. If you believe Jesus is Lord and acknowledge him as Savior, you're welcome to partake in this virtual way, maybe alone, maybe with a friend, maybe with some family. 
If you're not at that place, if you've got questions about God, if you wouldn't consider yourself a part of the Christian story and you're around town, I'd love to meet you, get to know you. You can find me at John Jalen at PillarChurch.com. Maybe I can take you on the fall tour. This is the body of Christ given for you and the cup of Christ poured out for you. The ensemble will lead us.